0: Family life of the royal creche is difficult for many people to understand, but I shall try to give you a capsule view of it. My father had only one real friend, I think. That was Count Hasmir Fenring, the genetic eunuch, and one of the deadliest fighters in the Imperium. The Count, a dapper and ugly little man, brought a new slave concubine to my father one day. And I was dispatched by my mother to spy on the proceedings. "'All of us spied on my father as a matter of self-protection. "'One of the slave concubines permitted my father "'under the Bene Gesserit Guild Agreement "'could not, of course, bear a royal successor, "'but the intrigues were constant and oppressive "'in their similarity. "'We became adept, my mother and sisters and I, "'at avoiding subtle instruments of death. "'It may seem a dreadful thing to say, "'but I'm not at all sure my father was innocent "'in all these attempts.' A royal family is not like other families. Here was a new slave concubine, then, red-haired, like my father, willowy and graceful. She had a dancer's muscles, and her training obviously had included neuro enticement. My father looked at her for a long time as she postured unclothed before him. Finally, he said, she is too beautiful. We will save her as a gift. You have no idea how much consternation this restraint created in the royal creche. Subtlety and self-control were, after all, the most deadly threats to us all. From In My Father's House by the Princess Irulan. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are.
1: Hold the phone, And That was the longest quote of all time. That was really long. On my book, it <laughs> takes up a whole page and I'm confused. <laughs> 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 you just open up and you're like wait the, the book where is it <laughs> that's, the, that's the quote and then we get over to the next page and there's the little tail end of the quote and, and you're like oh yeah in my father's house by the princess on. oh got it i had to like flip the page when i started to see who was reading this and I was, okay okay it's princess on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh princess all right um but before we jump into the quote, because there's there's a lot we could untangle there. Um, favorite moments from Dune so far. Jack Dickinson wrote us at gmail.com. We want to hear what your um, favorite moments from Dune so far are. Yes. I think I said that right. Um, you can let us know. Send us a audio recording, a video, email us. Um what you think? You can do so at readingduneatgmail.com. He says, Spice Lords, first-time reader, living in Oakland, California. Love the book, and your podcast is a great companion to it. It's awesome to see real-life reactions from Evan and get a seasoned Fremen inter- interpretation from Caleb. Favorite moments from Book One, no particular order: the your ride to the Spice Factory, the dinner party, Jessica, how it's two a.m. conversation. Frank Herbert is excellent at generating moments of high tension between two or three characters. I appreciate y'all. Stay spicy. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Good old Jack. Uh, Yeah, Frank Herbert does an excellent job of creating tension between two or three characters. And in this chapter, in the two or three characters are Paul, Jessica, and the worm.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) I didn't think of it like that, but now that you say it... I mean, yeah, there's a lot of tension
0: there. All right, but first, the quote. All right, let's just look at um, the difference between, and I don't have notes on this chapter, guys, so we're we're flying solo here. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between the Imperium and the Fremen. Okay, life inside the royal Froffaluches and life in the desert. Mm. Um, so, Let's see. The things we know is that there's a Bene Gesserit guild agreement that the emperor cannot have a royal
1: successor. So he can't have a royal successor from a slave concubine. uh,
0: Yes. As of now, he has only daughters. There is nobody that can take the throne um, who is a male who can be king.
1: Right. But even if a concubine gave him a male offspring, that male offspring could not be a Royal successor. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: well, I mean, I don't know how many, like, you know how lady Jessica was technically a slave concubine. Um, she was even though she bore the Royal successor.
1: Right. But I don't know, but maybe the rules are different with the, uh, with the emperor, as opposed to just a lord,
0: that's true. The emperor is is no laughing matter. Right. Um, but it's just so funny how like there's a, they're saying that like everyone is out to kill each other all the time, and it's okay because that's just part of the royal family.
1: And like, dude, you got to watch out for your dad trying to murder you all the time. Yeah, it takes a toll on a woman. Sucks. But they're the biggest dangers.
0: To the royal family are subtlety and self-control. The ability to control yourself in and amongst the excess, to know not when to let your desires be fulfilled. So the opposite of the baron. The baron fulfills all of his desires. Real power, she is saying, is the ability to delay gratification, to say, no, I will not do this, Um, which is kind of a, a Fremen axiom. Right. Is uh, how long can you keep running and delay what you want um, to get something more? And we're about to see what life is like in the desert here in uh, Paul and Jessica run through the desert part two. Right, 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 right. All right. So where, where did we leave off last time with Paul and Jessica, Evan?
1: Um, they uh, were, they climbed into a kind of crevice fissure type thing and they fell down a little cliff thing and jessica got buried in a bunch of sand and paul freaked out and uh eventually they dug he dug jessica out and then the backpack was they made some weird foamy crap and pushed the sand apart Somehow I'm, we talked about it, and I still have a hard time picturing what it looked like. But they got the backpack, uh, they got the backpack out, and they camped out. And they saw across uh, a plain of desert, like another was the was the word escarpment, yeah, like another another thing of rock with uh, what they thought were some plants. Right? Yes, they uh-huh. they thought they they, they saw plants out there in the desert, and they were basically like, yeah, we got to run across this thing but there's for sure going to be a worm so we got to put a thumper out. That's the plan. Thumper run at a weird cadence across the desert and hopefully we can make it to the other side where maybe we'll find Fremen. Maybe maybe will help us. Maybe. Who knows?
0: They just can't stay there. Right. Um, so they put up the tent as the sun was coming up as day was coming up and night is about to happen now. So it's about time for them to make their journey across the dunes. So we get Paul um, standing outside of the still tent in the late afternoon and he's just standing there. Uh, two chapters ago now, when last time he says that he had already learned silence right okay. in the quote. By the age of 15, he'd already were silence. He's in that mode right now. He is learning and being absorbed by all of the silence, which is probably great when you think of how much is happening in his head all the time. Right. It's probably really annoying to n- not be around silence because like his head's just doing all these crazy things with his prescience and seeing all these weird futures and doing all these, the future things all the time. It's probably nice just to do nothing. True. But he's, he's standing out looking over the dunes and he has this thought he says uh what if there isn't one of the abandoning stations out there Ooh. he wonders what if there are no fremen either and the plants we saw were only accidents like we're about to cross this thing and one if what if nothing happens right he allows himself to go down that that rabbit hole and look at probably look at those futures jessica wakes up and uh turns over and looks out at Paul and she sees him there in a stance that looks just like Duke Lido, just like his dad. And he's like probably feeling that, I mean, he's now the Duke, so who's probably shoulders are probably back now a little bit more. He's probably in that power stance that he's kind of been taught. And she all of a sudden feels a well of grief rise up within her and she has to turn away. She adjusts her steel suit, refreshed herself with some of that brackish water. But this time it's from the tent's catch pot, catch pocket, not her own. So the tent was out there collecting water that was rushing past. It probably tastes a, a little bit better than back sweat. <laughs> 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 she slipped out to the sand and stretched the sleep from her muscles. Paul spoke without turning. I find myself enjoying the quiet here.
1: Which is a, which is a real Duke Lito move, you know, standing with your back turned. Yeah. Self, enjoying the quiet. Yeah. Just enjoying kind of, it. Kind of regal vibes from Paul right here.
0: Oh, very. Yeah. He's starting to step into some power. Like we've already seen him do a lot of really cool stuff since getting into the desert. But now right. I feel like he's starting to become something, become stepping, like, feel his own skin out yeah right finally fit in a still suit <laughs> um but she uh but uh, jessica jessica thinks oh how his mind gears itself for the environment she recalled a benajas axiom the mind can go either direction under stress towards positive or towards negative on or off Think of it as a spectrum whose extremes are unconscious at the negative end and hyperconscious at the positive end. The way the mind will lean under stress
1: is strongly influenced by training. And you better believe I underlined that one. <laughs> I need some of that in my life. I need some uh, hyperconsciousness, positivity when uh, my mind comes under stress. And then, okay. Another little bit of good juice. I think about uh, my daughter or like my kids, whatever future kids I may have. Right. Hopefully. Um, And when it says the way the mind will lean under stress is strongly influenced by training. And I'm like, if you're a good parent, you can teach and train your child to lean positive under stress which to be perfectly honest as a person I was not trained to do and sure as heck wish I had been trained to lean positive under stress because things would look a lot differently now so I'm like I'm gonna do whatever I can to train my children to lean positive
0: yeah just don't train them to be the quiz rock cataract just don't go that far and I think you're okay
1: well I don't think I have the Capacity to do that, but it's fine.
0: I believe in you, Evan. You could be a great.
1: Thanks, man. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, the mind will lean under whichever way the mind will lean under uh, stress is strongly influenced by training, especially as kids, right? We start to, when we do something wrong, we're like either when we're shamed by our parents or told to do this or that, like those get wired into us at a very, very young age. And, you know, when things are repeated, we learn them. So, it's uh it's cool to see Paul go super hyper conscious.
1: Right. And it's hard to unwire those those yes. mental uh mental things that are put into us as kids. So Paul says,
0: again, looking out at the desert, it could be a good life here. Which I think is so funny because everyone dreads coming to Arrakis. But that's like that's the Duke Leto's dream for Paul. Yeah. Like if this needs to, Arrakis needs to be his home. He needs needs to have a good life here to survive. So I think this is really cool seeing the Duke, like his wish starting to come more and more realized. Yeah. Which is nice. Jessica tried to see the desert through his eyes, seeing to encompass all the rigors this planet accepted, as commonplace, wondering at all the possible futures Paul Mm glimpsed. One could be alone out here, she thought, without fear of someone behind you, without fear of the hunter. Which I think is nice when you're... It's a good, That's a positive. When you're in the desert, you are alone.
1: Yeah, or at least you think you are. Well, you and Shy halud. A little, a little foreshadowing for uh, the rest of the chapter. <laughs> All right. So,
0: Paul then... Um, Gives her the binoculars and says, Look out look there, and they look and they see some like spiny growth, right? Low grasses, yellow greens. Like, holy cow, things are actually growing here. Like, that's what kinds had always wanted. That's what Jessica had alluded to back at the dinner. Like, every, all their dreams are possible. They're small right now, but they're possible. Right. So, Paul then, right to business, I'll strike camp.
1: And So he puts camp away. Is that what strike camp means? I think so. I'm not a camper, so I don't. Uh, Yeah, he went to put it all in the backpack again. He puts
0: one on his shoulder and says, I'm not losing it this time. (laughs) Not this time. Happens once. So they're watching the sun set and they're starting to see the stars come out. She stared up at them, sensing Paul's movements as, she, as he came up behind her. The desert night focused upward with the feeling of lift toward the stars. The weight of the day receded. And they feel a breeze. Paul says, The first moon will be up soon. The pack's ready, and I planted the thumper. And this is where Jessica goes, We could be lost forever in this hell of place and know no one. But worst case scenario
1: besides being by a worm is this yeah and jessica is starting to get a little dramatic it runs in the family she's getting she's uh, i mean i mean to say like she's getting more and more uh more and more dramatic which doesn't didn't seem at first to be a big trait of hers she was always very logical and I don't know. Maybe I, 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 maybe I'm making that up, but she seemed nope. a little more calculated before. And now she's like, we're going to die in hell place. <laughs> I think it's just like oh. after all this time and all the constraints and
0: everything they've been through mentally, like it was easier to be like uh more calculated right when you're on Caladan Cause you're not worrying about everything else. Now you're literally worrying about everything. Yeah. So I think she's like, the training only goes so far. She's not a full Reverend mother yet. She has still has a ways to go in her training. So we're going to see how that works out, but she's now on Arrakis. Hmm. All right. So the wind comes in, smell that Paul said, I can smell even to the filter. She said, riches, but will it buy water? She pointed across the basin. There's no water lights across there. Freeman couldn't be hidden in a siege behind these rocks, he said. So they now, we're going across, we're going across the thing. Um, and they're still, like, ready to go, kind of waiting. Paul says, I've planted the thumper in the deepest part of the crevasse. Whenever I light its candle, it will give us 30 minutes. 30, 30 minutes? Before it starts calling a worm. Oh, oh yes, uh, I'm ready to go. Jessica says, <laughs> "Right." Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Got, got it, worm. Yeah, all right, right. Okay, we're moving. We got thirty minutes, and then we go. She looks back out, and she sees the night again. The night is a tunnel. She thought, a hole into tomorrow, and where to have a tomorrow. She shook her head. Why, my, why must I be so morbid? I was trained better than that.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Right there. She agrees with me. She's being real dramatic right now. (laughs) Yes. Paul returned, took
0: up the pack, led the way down to the first, spreading the dune where he stopped. He listened as his mother came up behind him. He heard soft progress and the cold, grain dribble of sound. The desert's own code spelling out its measure of safety. Right. So they get that narrow on the dunes. We must walk without rhythm, Paul said. And he called up the memory of the men walking in the sand. The one when he went, they went to the spice factory and he like looked up and he saw those men walking and he was like, Hey, those are Fremen. And they're like, no, they're not. Well, they're walking really funny. So he's remembering that moment. And He's like, okay. How do they do it?
1: Well, he's also, uh, he's also looking at prescient memory. So like future memory. Right. How have you done this in the future? Mm. And then he's like, watch mom this is how the fremen do it she's like you're right you still haven't been fremen paul what are you talking about (laughs) so he goes step
0: drag drag step step wait drag step and the muscles protested every unnatural movement that they made so they keep going step drag drag step drag step, weight drag and then you hear a lump 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 the thumpers went off it's been 30 minutes so they don't turn around they keep going step drag step step drag weight drag step white drag lump, lump 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 of the thumper they move i said, again wide shot super wide shot over these giant dunes you see the cresting of the 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 moon on, on these ridges, and then with stars all around, a lump lump step step drag. And you see them move across across the moonlit bowl. They step down and through the spilling of the dune, step drag. Wait, the pea sand rolled around their feet, and they and all the while their ears searched for that special hissing, the one they've heard before. The sound, when it came, started so low that their own dragging passage masked it. Step, step, drag, drag, wait, drag. But it grew louder and louder out of the west. Lump, 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 drummed the thumper. The hissing approached, spread across the night behind him. They turned their heads as they walked. They saw a mound. Of the coursing worm. Keep moving, Paul whispered. Don't look back. This reminds me of one of those moments when they're whenever you're climbing something like really high. Like, don't whatever you do, just don't look down. Right. Just keep moving. You'll be fine. But the moment you realize like how far you've gone or anything else, it just gets really weird. Or like, okay, this is an old one. You've seen the movie Onward, the Pixar movie? Yes right when they're doing the they have to walk across the um the cap the chasm or whatever is the imagine that bridge and it's like he's got the rope on him as he's walking and as long as he has the rope he's fine but then the rope lets go but he's still doing that leap of faith and doing the walk it's that same like don't don't look down don't turn back
1: just keep going right but without the safety the safety of uh of uh barley's rope (laughs) Right, no, and this is pure trust on this one. Yeah. Oh my that God. Was, it was a weird thing to pull from, but yeah, it's that same uh, leap of faith. Keep moving. Yeah, I just love that moment where he's like, you still got the rope, right? <laughs> and Bartley's holding the whole yep. rope. Yep! Uh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got all of it. I got it all.
0: <laughs> they moved on and on and on. Muscles aching reaching the state of mechanical aching that seemed to stretch out indefinitely but paul saw that the beckoning escarpment ahead of them climbed higher they're getting closer yes jessica moved without concentrating void of concentration right she's not thinking anymore it's just become these things aware that the pressure of her will alone kept her walking Dryness ached in her mouth, but the sounds drove away all hopes of stopping. Lump, 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 lump. Renewed frenzy interrupted from the distant cliff,
1: drowning out the thumper. Silence. So this is like this is like a worm just tearing up that that fissure that they were at. Is that what's happening?
0: Yeah. So Paul put the the thumper deep into it so the basically the the worm would have to like not be able to get to it and just become pissed at it and Mm -hmm. probably breaking things up to to try to get there. Like he probably broke it all up and he finally got the thumper and then it's just nothing. Mm -hmm. It's over. Their time is up. Now it's going to come after them.
1: Now that they're completely tired beyond Oh, completely tired beyond everything.
0: And they're probably, you know, probably halfway in between now. Yeah. They're like legit in the middle. If there's there's the only way to go is to keep going forward faster. Paul whispers. She nodded, knowing he could not see the gesture, but needed the action to tell herself it was necessary to demand more from their muscles that were already being taxed to the limits of this unnatural movement. Step, step, drag, 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 wait, step, step. <laughs> the rock face of the safety ahead of them climbed into the stars. Paul saw the plain of flat sand stretching out at the base. He stepped onto it, stumbled in his fatigue, righted himself with an involuntary outthrust of the foot. Boom. <laughs> Resonant booming shook the sound around them. Paul lurched sideways, two steps. Boom, boom! Drum sand. Jessica hissed. Paul recovered his balance. A sweeping glance took in the sand around him, the rock escarpment, perhaps 200 meters away. Behind them, he heard the hissing like wind, like a riptide where there's no water. Do the sound for me, Evan run Jessica screamed Paul run and they run boom boom this is the scene in the trailer this is like the last scene in the trailer yeah. right where they see the boom right and the sand goes everywhere and then you see them just sprinting as fast as they can drum sounding boom beneath their feet they then they were out of it on a pea gravel for a time running was relief to the muck- muscles and ached from the unfamiliar breath rhythmless use It probably feels great to run on your muscles at right. this point just it knows this but still you're running in sand so that's no fun and it's like uh,
1: terrifying i can't imagine what drum sand would be like to run it's like boom boom, boom 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 like every step that you take
0: and and you know that there's this thing behind you that is in search of rhythm and you don't know how big it is either at this point in time <laughs> Jessica stumbled to her knees. All she could think of was the fatigue and the sound and the terror. Paul dragged her up. They ran on hand in hand. A thin pole jutted from the sand ahead of them. They passed it. They saw another. Jessica's mind failed to register on the on the poles until they were passed. There was another wind aged surface thrust up from another crack in the rock. Another rock. She felt it, though her feet. The shock of unresisting un, yeah, unresisting surface gained new strength from her firmer footing. A deep crack stretched its vertical shadow upward into the cliff ahead of them. They sprinted for it, crowded into a narrow hole. Behind them, the sound of the worm's passage stopped. So they made it. They made it. Yeah. They had the drum sound, but they they made it across. <gasps> Whoo. I mean, I'm sweating at this point in time. My hands are sweating. Um, it's just, oh my gosh, talk about the tension,
1: right? That was All right. That was proper tension.
0: So they're they're in the they're they're in this this part of the crevasse here, looking out at the desert, where the dunes began, perhaps fifty meters away from the rock at the rock beach. A silver gray curve broached from the desert sending rivers of sand and dust cascading all around it lifted higher
1: is this like a like a like a worm poking out of the desert is that what we're
0: yeah the you're? worm is now coming up
1: to to effectively look at them i don't know if a worm has eyes do worms have eyes I don't, I mean, no regular worms don't, but I don't know if these do.
0: I don't think these do either. It'd be be weird, but it's coming to look at them, right? So it's coming up and there's like waterfalls of sand that's falling off of it and everything's moving. Um, It lifted higher, resolved its giant questing mouth. It was round, a black hole with edges glistening in the moonlight. Do you know what's in those teeth?
1: That's that's Chris Knives all in there. Just yeah, like that's what the movie, the movie, the trailer version was like. Hundreds of little barbs, like a in the middle of the mouth. So, like each one of those is like a. Well, yeah, the fre- the Fremen
0: probably find dead worms or kill okay. worms somehow, and then take their teeth and make them into knives. Right yeah and and in the and in the new trailer for the new movie that's coming out in twenty twenty one cross fingers Ooh. cross fingers, it might come out uh, if we ever get it yeah it it looks like um, you know how
1: whales have what's it called? Yeah.
0: their teeth are like sorry for the bee, I'm losing
1: what it's called.
0: please do, comment, I either,
1: but I think we all know what you're talking about, yeah to,
0: like to catch the plankton or whatever. yeah, that's what it is for the sand to catch. Whatever it's trying to catch that it eats,
1: or um, at least that's what it looks like from far enough away to see the worm. You know, if you got up closer, true. it would be it would be like that. That Chris,
0: yeah, extra toasty on Twitter is coming. Is called a uh, baleen and you're right that that is what it's called. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. I hope you're feeling extra toasty today <laughs> and staying spicy. <laughs> extra spicy, extra toasty is extra spicy so we're looking dead smack into this worm's mouth the mouth snaked towards a narrow crack where paul and jessica were huddled it's coming after them cinnamon yelled in their nostrils i don't know if like yell is a sound what's like a a smell version of that it's like overpowering right moonlight flashed from its crystal teeth Back and forth, the great mouth wove. Paul still is breathing, Jessica crouched staring. It took intense concentration of her benade training to put down the primal terrors to subdue a race memory fear that threatened to fill her mind. So this is like, The most human of human instincts that all humans all have in this terror. Looking at this beast. Dude. But what did Paul feel? Paul felt elation. In some recent instant, he had crossed a time barrier into more unknown territory. He could sense it. He loves it. He loves not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) What is this new thing? He could sense the darkness ahead. Nothing revealed to his inner eye. It was though he took some step and taken and plunged him into a well as though the trough of wave with a future was invisible. The landscape had undergone a profound shifting. So we were here, we were in a Valley and in the Valley, he fell down a well of time. So he has no idea what's happening and he loves it.
1: That's scary, man.
0: Instead of frightening him, the sensation of time darkness forced a hyper-acceleration of of all of his other senses, right? Because you can't just rely on your prescience. He found himself registering every available aspect of the thing that lifted him from the sand that was seeking him. The mouth was 80 meters in diameter, crystal teeth with curved shape of crisp knives glinting around the rim, the bellow breath of cinnamon. Acids. The worm blotted out the moonlight as it brushed the rocks above them. Paul pushed his mother further back. Cinnamon. The smell flooded across him. What does the worm have to do with the spice melange, he asked himself. He remembered Liet Kahn's betraying a veiled reference to some association between the worm and the spice. So the worm and the spice are related, and Paul has yet to figure out how they're related, but they are.
1: Kevin has also yet to figure out. How you don't know either. I mean, no, at no guesses point, at, at this point. My guess is that spice is worm poop.
0: Okay, great, great, great guess.
1: <laughs> I love it. Keep, keep <laughs> them coming, idea, man. <laughs> no, Your face tells me I'm wrong, but I'm just gonna go. With um, worm poop.
0: I mean, might, yeah, 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 yeah. Um rumors rumors right I won't tell
1: no I won't tell you no I'm just you know rumors uh, I'm embarrassed that I just said worm poop on our podcast
0: <laughs> it's okay people listening to this podcast
1: want to talk about worm poop let me tell you if anybody wants to do it it's people that listen, people
0: that read Dune uh,
1: my favorite scene is uh, worm poop when Evan said worm poop it's not in the book it's in your podcast but he said worm poop so that's my favorite scene Stay spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay spicy, y'all. Stay spicy.
0: All right. So, worm is coming out. Baroom. It was like a peal of dry thunder coming from the right. Baroom. The worm drew back onto the sand and lay there momentarily, its crystal teeth weaving in the moon flash. Lump, 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 lump. You know what that sound is, Evan? That's sound the sounder. Num- bumper. Another thumper. Somebody placed a thumper out there. You know what that means, right? Frammy boys. Somebody's out there. They found somebody or somebody's there. They got to find him. Hmm. A shudder passed to the worm. It can't not go to the thumper. It needs to go to the thumper. It drew farther away from the sand. Only a mounded upper curve remained like a half of a bell mouse the curve of a tunnel rearing above the dunes. The sand rasped. The creature sank further, retreating, turning. It became a mound cresting sand that curved away from the saddle in the dunes. Paul stepped out of the crack and watched the sand wave recede across the waist where the other thumper summoned it. Jessica followed, listening. Lump, 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 lump. Presently the sound stopped. Paul found the tube in his still suit, sipped at the reclaimed water. Now is your time to drink. (sighs) Jessica focused on his action, but her mind felt blank with fatigue in the aftermath of all that terror. Has it has it gone for sure? She whispered. Somebody called it, Paul said, Fremen. She felt herself recovering. It was so big. not as big as the one that got our thopter. So the one that got the thopter they saw earlier, that was bigger. Just a so frame of reference. Good to know. Are you sure it's Fremen? They use a the thumper. Why wouldn't they help us? Maybe they weren't helping us. Maybe they were just calling a worm. And Jessica goes, why would, why would you call a worm? Why would you want that monstrosity to ever come near you? That was terrifying, Paul, who would do such a thing? But the answer lay poised at the edge of his awareness, and he refused to come. Again, he's in a dark space of prescience. He has no idea what's happening, but it's it's there, but no. It has something to do with maker hooks, though. He knows that. Jessica asked, why would you call a worm? The breath of fear touched his mind, and he forced himself to turn away from his mother to look up the cliff. I better find a way up there before daylight, he pointed. Those poles we passed. There's more of them. She looked, followed the line in his hand, and saw the poles. Wind-scratched markers made out of the shadow of a narrow ledge. They mark our way up the cliff, Paul said. So they began to climb. Up they climb, following the guide poles onto the ledge, dwindled to a narrow lip at the mouth of the crevasse. Paul tipped his head to peer into the shadowed place. He felt the precarious hold his feet had on the slender edge and force himself into slow caution. He goes down into the crevasse. His ears, searched out, he could only find a tiny spill of sand, an insect burr, platters of a small running creature. He tested the darkness of the crevasse with one foot, found rock beneath it, and slowly he inched around the corner, signaling for Jessica to follow. They look upward at the starlight framed by the two rock lips. So they're in this, like, bowl. Paul saw his mother beside him as a gray cloud movement. If we can only risk a light, he whispered. We have other senses than eyes, she said. Paul slid his foot forward, shifting his weight, and probed with another foot. And met an obstruction. He lifted his foot, found a step, pulled himself up onto it. He reached back, felt his mother's arm, and tugged for her to follow. They're climbing stairs. He goes all the way to the top. He thinks. Shallow and even steps, Jessica thought. Man caved, there'll be, there'll be no doubt. She followed the shatty, shadowy movement of Paul's, Paul's progress up the steps. Rock walls narrowed until her shoulders almost brushed them. The steps ended in a slitted defile about 20 meters long and in the floor level. It opens up on this shallowy moonlit basin. Paul looks down and says... What a beautiful place. Jessica can only stare in the silent agreement from her position. In spite of the weariness that's affecting both of them right now, um, the basin has a sense of beauty to, to begin to, feel, to fill up their senses. Paul whispers that it's like a fairyland mm. in this desert world. <laughs> Spreading out in front of her, there are desert bushes cacti tall clumps of leaves and all trembling in the moonlight the ring walls were dark to her left and moon frosted
1: on her right so they're in a garden a desert garden like like a it's like a garden in a hole in a big rock in the desert yes nailed it yeah
0: this is what Paul calls a fremen place hmm there would have to be people for this many plants to survive, Jessica agrees. She then takes her own sip of water. But this time when she does it, she thinks how refreshed it actually kind of gets her, like she's starting to adjust. Movement catch Paul's attention to the right and down onto the basin floor, curving up beneath him. He stared down through the smoke bush and weeds, and he sees something. What's he see?
1: Mice.
0: Mice. A pop, hop, hop. They went into shadows and out. Evan, do you know what mice are, uh, mice are called in this world? Muhadib. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Let's <laughs> go. Oh, did you get that the first time when you read it through? Yes. And it is striking as we keep reading because of what happens to the oh. mice.
0: Yeah. Let's see what happens to the mice. Let's see. <laughs> something fell soundly past their eyes and onto the mice there came a thin screech a flapping of wings a ghostly gray bird lifted away from the basin and small dark shadows in his talons so uh, a bird came and took the mice away it took a mouse away a mouse and it's dead now so uh jessica thinks we needed that reminder <laughs> we needed that. Oh, our dude's gonna get snatched up if we ain't careful. We ain't careful. We gotta be careful. Somebody's gonna come get us. <laughs> Paul continued to stare across the basin. He looked at the bird and he thought about the way of the desert. It had brought a stillness to the basin. It had brought a stillness to the basin so undeterred that the blue milk moonlight almost. I don't even know what's happening here. Throwing, <laughs> oh, sorry. So he looks down and sees the moonlight along all of these different bushes. Right. There's a low humming here, a more basic in its harmony than any other music in the universe.
1: Yeah. I think what he's saying, what what he's saying is like the the mice were kind of like chilling. They were running around, hopping, making little mouse sounds, but in their carelessness and making little mouse sounds a hawk came up and snatched one of them up and then everything got really quiet because everyone remembered their place like if we're too like jumping around being mice birds are gonna come get us and it brought this like stillness to the whole the whole uh basin yeah
0: yeah no that's you nailed it that's good cool So Paul then says, we better find a place to pitch our tent tomorrow. We can try to find the Fremen who most intruders here regret finding the Fremen.
1: (laughs) Literally, as I was reading that, I kept expecting this sort of moment to happen. Like when they were walking up and Paul like reached and grabbed his mom's arm. I kept expecting him to like grab someone else's (laughs) arm, you know? And like, (laughs) he's like, it's the folds the folds of her gown but it's like some fremen that's just like standing there watching them you know but then this dude says that and it's terrifying please do not run intruders the voice said as paul made to
0: withdraw if you run you only waste your body's water they want us for a water of our flesh just a thought. <laughs> right that's the big fear that the fremen will just um put you into their distilleries and take your water. Mm -hmm. So that's what they don't want to happen. But Jessica realizes such stealth. Nobody knew that he was there. I don't think they even know where he is right now. They just know there's a voice somewhere in the place. Mm -hmm. But she realized the owner of that voice had permitted himself only the small sounds and the natural sounds of the desert. Like they thought they were walking without rhythm, being desert people.
1: These people They had no clue. Right. He was just like sitting there, watching them climb up, not moving a muscle, and then speaks, you know?
0: Boom. Dang. Another voice called from the basin's rim to their left. Make it quick, still. Get their water and must be on our way. We have a little enough time before dawn. Bam. Second voice. There's two people here. And this one definitely says I want their water. Right. So
1: but also they didn't describe this voice at all. So I didn't know how to just a second voice. Second voice. Is it a guy? Is it a girl? Is it a squirrely kind of sketchy voice? I mean, we, don't, we don't know. It's
0: just, no, um, no. Yeah, just another voice. Um, I'm gonna go with sketchy, but that's yeah. not how I read it. So yeah. Yeah. Um Paul forced himself now to obey Jessica's teachings, right? In this moment, relax then fall into some, what's of relaxation. And then that the muscles can move in any direction, right. like what we did to the Harkonnen. We did like I was there, but like, like you and I, when we were with Paul and Jessica, when we were there with the Harkonnens that like poised energy to like make a sharp movement at any point in time, still he felt the edge of fear within him and he knew its source this is blind time no future he had seen and they were caught between wild fremen whose only interests were the water carried in the flesh of their two unshielded bodies and we leave it at that that ends chapter 29 we have now met fremen we have ran from a worm and met fremen if those are not deserty things i don't
1: know what is it's very very deserty desert vibes happening in this chapter
0: oh my gosh so many i love this chapter so much just the the run from the worm is oh my gosh so tense
1: so tense it's crazy
0: oh gosh all right well if this chapter was your favorite moment or if maybe your favorite moment was when evan talked about worm poop <laughs> let us know um make sure you go to readingdune@gmail.com. gmail.com send us email us send an audio recording or a video recording of you saying what your favorite moment of dune is and we do love to play it on the show as always please stay spicy hit us up on the twitters reading dune and you know Say what's up. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, please stay spicy and I'll see you next chapter. Bye.